Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. I'm back in effect. Episode 44, Hebrew Congregation of Houston. Uh, welcome everyone to this glorious day. Uh, it's raining, but it's still a glorious day because we need the rain. Uh, just like I had my uh, couple weeks of good times and bad times, but you have to keep praising them. I still showed up whether it's, it's a, a face of happiness or a face a little good, big gloom. It's about being consistent and showing up. Uh, why are we here? We here uh, for the awakening. The awakening has already happened. Our identity, we are the Hebrew Israelites. We're the original Jews. We're from Shem, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know our identity. How are we moving forward? So this is how we're moving forward, by knowing our identity and getting in line, we're supposed to do what? Keeping that Sabbath day holy, uh, look to the East and praying, praying um, teaching your kids, educating your children on what's going on. Uh, we talk about community issues that's happening and that's how we're moving forward. We're getting wiser, we're getting educated. We're moving forward, right? Yes, yes. Yes. And so we always talk about the parashah. What is what's the parashah? The parashah is our weekly reading. If we all read the same thing every week, what we're on one accord. So our last uh, parashah was Leviticus 16 through 20, um, 16th chapter to the 20th chapter, uh, verse 27. So this week coming up, parashah is Leviticus 21 through 24, the 23rd verse. So you're going to read Leviticus 21 through 24 up to the 23rd verse. That puts us all on one accord. And when we all on one accord, there's power in numbers. We see that with the, the, uh, the, the picketing and different things that's going on. We won't call a riot because we're not getting rowdy. The insurrection, that, that, that was a riot, but we won't even go there. But um, so my name is Easter. Welcome, Rabbi Afshalom. <laughs> His computer a little slow this morning, so Hello, he, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> he, he getting it together. That's okay. We welcome everyone. We love everyone that's getting on. Feel free, send me your email address and join us. Uh, you don't have to say nothing. You don't even have to show your face. You can just put a picture on it. But join us and come on and be a part of the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. So I'm Easter. We're gonna start with Easter, keeping it real because you know I've been I've been gone for a couple weeks and I know y'all miss my. Uh, my little mouth for me keeping it real, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, let me put it on me. So we are going to talk today about restorations, restitutions, and reparations. Whatever you want to call them. Restoration, restitution, and reparations. Okay, restorations is the action of returning something to a former owner or place or condition. So that's the definition, right? I'll put it back on the view for all of us in case someone wanted to say anything. All right, so what, what is she talking about? Because the United States aren't giving any, any uh, reparations. It's not about the United States, it's about you. So there's five classes that you're in financially, okay? There's five social classes. The first is the lower income. That's from zero to 18,000 of what you're making, your income that you're bringing in. There's the working, which is 25,000 to 40,000. There's the middle class, which is 75,000 to 90,000. There's the upper middle class, which is 100,000 
to 200,000. And then there's the wealthy class, which is 250,000 and over. Why is that important? Because you need to know what class you're in. And if you need, if you want to change it, you need to change it. Okay, Issa, so uh, how are we going to change this? So let's talk about this. So we already know that the United States is not going to give you anything, right? Or they're not going to give you any instructions on how to get wealthy. Uh, but you can be wise and you can increase your wealth by attaining more freedom. How do we do that? Okay, before this ultimate attack, what is she talking about the ultimate attack? This, this pandemic that's going on right now, that's one of the ultimate attacks is to basically confine you. They're saying now, oh, you can't get on the plane unless you have the vaccination. Pretty soon they're gonna be saying, you can't go into the grocery store and, and make groceries unless you have this vaccination. That's losing your freedom. And there's ways that when you see these things coming, you what? You start to prepare for them. We have got to start to prepare because we see them coming. There's another other plagues. These are plagues. They can call them pandemics, whatever. There's other plagues to come. We see it over in India right now. They're burning bodies in the street in India. You don't think it's coming here? Huh. You better hold on tight. All right. So, all right. So how do we how do we come out of this? First of all, there's programs out there you can take advantage of. They're, they, they're, gonna, uh, they're not going to tell you about them, and they're not going to tell you how. So we have to be wise, and we have to be educated. So I know right now there's a program that's actually showing you how to grow your own food. It's for families with four or five kids or more, and the groceries are going up right now. The cost of groceries are going to continue to grow up, go up. You can grow your own food. God is preparing you right now. So they have people that actually come over, whether you can do it as a community in your backyard to show you how to grow your own food. So if you grow your own food, what you gonna do with your food stamps? You're gonna start to stack up your canned goods with your food stamps, right? That's being wise. We have to start being wise. And then you're showing the next generation. So now this is a family bonding. That right there is your Sabbath on a, on a Friday and Saturday, going out with your family, starting your garden, and so your kids are not lost and they're not famished when it hits because the famine is coming, right? So now they know how to grow their own food. Teach a man how to fish. You don't just give them fish, teach them how to fish and he'll eat forever. Y'all think, you know, Easter just talking, but these things are coming and you have got to wise up. So there's programs called the Urban Harvest that will teach you how to grow your food and you can do it as a community you can do it at, at the, uh, the center for the, the elderly, or you can do it in your own backyard. There's, coll there's colleges right now that's offering descendants of enslaved people who are us a free education. You got Princeton, you got Georgetown, you got Harvard, you got Virginia, you got the Rutgers. Oh, that's so nice. That ain't nice. What they're doing is because you know why they're giving it? Because those colleges was built on us for one. The name of those colleges were slave owners. So they're giving reparations. They killed some of the, uh, our students who went to college. They were killed and raped. So they're recognizing this, that tried to attend. And then they had curriculums on how to get a slave, how to gain wealth. Cause we were just like, when you do on your taxes, uh, when, when you have uh, houses and stuff, we were listed just, just like a, a equity, okay? So they were teaching them all that, how to get the slaves, how to gain wealth, how to make them work to build wealth. 
So they're not giving you anything. It's called reparations, all right? We, we have to take advantage of these things though to move forward. There's a, a place called Goldman Sachs. Now Goldman Sachs, S-A-C-H-S, is an investment company. Right now they're investing $10 billion in 1 million black women. So if they can give $10 billion to 1 million, uh, so it, not each, but it's $10 billion that's being rationed out to 1 million women. That's nothing for them. That $10 billion is nothing for them. That's what scale they're on, the wealth that's going on that we haven't had access to, okay? You know why? Because a black household is 90%, there's a 90% wealth gap. 90% wealth gap from a white household. The average black household is 18 to 25,000 compared to a white household, which is $171,000 that's coming in. I can't make this stuff up. You can look it for yourself. Okay. What else can we do? Start drawing your business plan. Yeah, you got the excuse the pandemic. If you were in position and you were working, you should be getting unemployment which your unemployment should be more a lot of times than when you was working because there's no taxes taken out of it. Don't sit your ass at home, excuse my French. Start making a, build, a business plan for yourself. Start building a business plan for yourself. Easter just keeping it real today because I'm concerned. There's things going on and I'm concerned about you. Start executing and moving forward. If you're, you're a good cook or you can clean, whatever your attribute is, start making your business plan. Don't just sit there. I'm making my business plan. Right now, you know, I, I do real estate. So a broker is taking 15% of my money. Why not be have a brokerage? So in order for me to have a brokerage, I have to go back to school. I have to get these 900 hours, open my brokerage, and then I can hire some people and teach them because the law is four years, you have to be in their broker. So I'm doing it too. It's nothing that I'm not doing. Start educating your children and teaching them. This, this, like I say, these things aren't happening by chance that the schools had shut down. You had already been educating them. So why not tell them about who they are? Why not pray with them? Not, why not tell them their identity? It's already started. And if that stuff hit like India, which is coming, they're gonna shut them down again. Start educating your children, all right? You, you, you have all these opportunities. Now the United States, let me tell you about reparations. The United States in the past, they've paid reparations. They've paid it to the Native Americans. They've paid it to the Japanese Americans, $1.5 billion. Those in turn with the, with the World War II, they paid the Japanese. They've even given the white Jews uh, under the Marshall Plan, you can look up the Marshall Plan for the Holocaust. They paid them. We're the only ones who haven't gotten paid. Yeah, I'm on some other stuff today. Yeah, I'm back in effect. I'm on some other stuff today. Don't they, they've had many opportunities to give us reparations and they haven't. When they're supposed to give us our 40 acres and our mule, they didn't. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going back to that. The United States has not made atonement. And when I looked at God gave me this, with Leviticus 16, if you read the last parashah we gave you last week, it starts with the atonement. That Yom Kippur, we make atonement. The United States have not made an atonement with us, okay? 
15% of our ancestors died on those ships coming over here. There's been racial discrimination, the wealth that has been attained from our labor. There's beating, lynchings, lynchings and rapes that's happened. The splitting up of our families, the children, our children was taken. Our case of reparations have already been made on an e e economic, a social and a moral ground. But the United States, they refuse and they're going to continue to refuse. So we have to move forward ourselves. And I gave you some things to start tapping into. They've had opportunities. So we have, that's why we're doing this. This was what's part of the Hebrew congregation, your identity and what's going on in the community for you to move forward. We have got to get this. And they're, and they're saying, oh, well, you know, we paid uh, George, First of all, George Ford family, they shouldn't have even disclose how much money they gave them. They don't disclose when they let those officers out who's getting them out. Those officers are getting out million dollar bails and they won't even disclose who's, who's paying for them to get out the bail for them. Secondly, they had to go ahead and, and persecute that officer about that because they were gonna tear that town up. They knew it. And they continue to kill our black men even after that, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. They continue to kill them in the street. We have got to, we, if we know better, we'll do better. We are royalty. We are God chosen people. We are his jewels. We have power, especially when we work together, especially when we pray together, especially when we all want accord. And we're doing it, we're doing better, but we have to continue, we can't let up. We can't let up this time because we're in a crucial hour right now. And if we do, our, our, our generations will die. Our kids, our great grandkids, the kids that come after us will perish if we don't wake up. So we have to do it for them and we don't have a lot of time to do it. That's why we're on. That's why we're consistent. That's why we're talking. That's what it's all about. Everything is in God's control and he's showing us the signs. Anybody wanna uh, say anything for what I just said? I know it's pretty deep, but I, I, I had to go there today. It's kind of uh, full of emotion there, huh? Hit a soft spot with you. <laughs> but uh, you know everything that you've said is 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 very powerful and and touching. But it hits a point that for me it's the reparations. Uh, of course, is to make whole, right? Uh, that's what it is. Is to make you whole. But what happens in this country? They don't want to give you money. They want to give you like college and 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 things like that, loans to keep you here. But but. When you look back at the history, you get the reparations, especially if you're not in your own land, your homeland, then you need to go home. So you get your reparations, you get your, you, you're made whole by those who have injured you, and then you take your money and you go home. So our mindset as a people um, that are, you know, refugees, 
which we are, we're refugees in this country, even though we're citizens, we're still refugees because we don't have full citizenship. We need to go home. Mm -hmm. Now, where is your home? That's the question. Most of us don't even know where our home is. So we have to find out where we live and we need to go back there. Okay. So I, I would, you know, say don't have the mindset of staying here in this country. If you look at history, the children of Israel, when they were enslaved by that in their land, captor's land, you know, and they went in as guests and wound up being in bond, hard bondage, but they had to leave. And so this is a this is a warning that we need to change our mindset instead of saying, I want to stay here in the land of my captors, because if they give you $10 million, guess what? Nine times out of 10, that money is going to be taken away from you through taxation and other means, by other means. Plus, you're going to in you're going to continue to uh, give wealth back to your enemy, the one who has actually enslaved you and done you harm. So I would say, and the door is open for us to leave right now. The door is open and many have left. Get your money and leave. You know, you can get your education. We've been conditioned to think that the best education is has to be in European countries, whether it be uh, the US or Britain or whatever, but that's not true. The seat of knowledge is on our continent, on, in our land. The greatest professors and teachers come from our land, but we're scattered about in other nations. We need to go home, collectively go, go home. Some of us, our land is on the continent of Africa, proper, but others on Northeast Africa or as they call the Middle East. But we all wound up on the continent of Africa. And the continent of Africa has opened its doors just as they opened the doors to the Jews during the Holocaust, period of the Holocaust, the continent of Africa opened the doors to those Jews to get out of Europe to come back, but they refused to come to the continent of Africa. Okay, because they don't, that's not their home. That's not where they originated from. They originated from Europe. So they would not want to go to the continent of Africa. You see, but they wanted to, again, they wanted to go into Israel because it was occupied by their people who were Europeans, or I should say British. The British were running Israel. So they wanted to go where, again, they had rule and not to the continent of Africa where, you know, uh, the door was open. So, Again, let's change our mindset and and uh, start looking toward the continent of Africa and, and we go there for the staging area for when Messiah comes to take us into Israel. Okay, that's just my point of view. Amen, yeah. And so uh, all these emotions, I, I am emotional about it because when I was reading our, our parish all, and I was thinking about the uh, atonement in the United States, you, they don't have to give atonement. They are going to have to make amends. They'll have to come to grips at some time of what they've done. They have to. And that was in uh, Leviticus 16. Number 17 is uh, and, and, uh, Rabbi has talked about the blood. I was going to do a song, but I'm not going to do a song today. We, I'm going to keep talking because I've been gone a couple of weeks. I need to talk anyway to you all. So, um, about the blood and meat you're not to eat the blood like when you get your steak you, you don't get it like rare and, and bloody 
And so we talk about that. And then if the animal has already died or a beast has, eat, has come after it, you're not to eat that meat. So that's in 17, 18, it talks about uh, laws of sexual mor morality, you know, about not seeing your parents naked and, and, and not having sex with your kinfolks. And all those laws and stuff are there. You need to read them. And about abomination. And it says abomination is so bad that the land vomits. It says the land will vomit. Can you imagine the ground just so sick of what you're doing that the land vomits? It throws up. That's how sickening some of this stuff is, having sex with animals and all those different things. And then it talks about in, in 19, Leviticus 19, about the, the commandments. And it, and it says giving to the poor. And so, uh, like I said, I, I'm not here to condemn any churches, but I'm a field worker. So I give a lot to the land. I give to the poor, you know, and it says your offering should be given freely. Whatever you want to give the church, you give it freely. Um, it talks about ceremonies, all right? Uh, and being nice to strangers. We have to be nice to strangers because we're here in Egypt too. So who are we? to condemn the Spanish or, 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 or Asian or anybody. Because we, we outcast, they treated us badly. So love thy neighbor, treat your neighbor right. And then uh, 20 is the penalty of breaking the law. It's the penalty is death or cut off from people. Uh, you bear guilt or be childless. Sometimes it was, the, it was that you can even have any children or sometimes you get stoned. And so a lot of stuff, abominations have been pushed on our children. You know, Griff even talked about from the school to the, to the prison, the pipeline, teaching our children that it, it's okay to be gay, that they were born gay. No, no. The devil's a liar and the truth ain't in them. It's all trickery. And it is what it is. Easter keeping it real. No. And you're not gonna force that on our children and you're not gonna teach our children that because we are involved. And if you're not, you need to get involved with what's going on in your school, your children's schools. Okay. And so um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, give it over to you, uh, Brother Mike. I, I've said what I had to say and I've said what I said. That's the thing, I've said what I said and, I, and I'm not taking it back because it's the truth. And right now we need the truth. You know, we can get up here and um, make you feel good. And, 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 and I kind of say it like heart and, and same thing. This isn't about a feel good ministry. This is about the truth. This is about the Torah. This is about what's in the Bible. This is about the word of God because that's what's going to sustain you. And that's what's going to keep you. And that's what's going to help you make it in. Okay by getting to the root, going back to the beginning. Okay, brother Mike, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, make you the host so we can go ahead. Now, as far as our words, um, some people have called me out about this test, but you know, that's been coming, a lot of different things been coming, but I, we are gonna take the test May 15th and that's gonna be the best, best time because Shabbat Oath is coming in. Shabbat Oath, that's a holiday on May 16th. So May 15th, we're going to take the test. And what is that holiday? It's, uh, it's about receiving the Torah and the Pentecost. And so uh, we're going to have it on May 15th. So you all can quit calling me out about it. <laughs> I'm 
I'm, I'm gonna take my time. I've been studying, so you need to study yours while you, while you calling me out. But uh, go ahead, brother Mike. <laughs> Shabbat shalom, everyone. Okay, we're gonna just do a little quick review. As, as some of you may remember, that we're here last week. We went over the the morning prayer that you say when you first wake up. We did like the first half of that. So we're gonna continue on with the um, second part of that. And it's only um, 10 words for uh, each of the two, sec two sections. So this is it, Modeani Lefaneka. That's the name of it, Modeani. And right here we have it in Hebrew, Modeani Lefaneka, Melaka Vikayom, Shehekezarata, Benishmati, Bikimla, Rabbah, Immunateka. So let's break that down. Okay. So here we have right here, Mode Ani Lefanecha. And some of you may remember, uh, I've said a lot of times in Hebrew, when your words ends with the sound of the E sound, it's gonna have to do with me, my, or I. And on this third word, you have this final cough and you see right below it, this little vowel point right here is a chamatz. So a lot of time when your words end in ka, that means like your, you know, or that that I sound is like your or you. So here, how you pronounce that mode, ani lefanecha. And that means I give thanks. And the mode is part of uh, a section actually in the Shimone Ezra, which is known as the standing prayer or the 18. And there's a section in there where you're giving thanks. Yes. So here we have Melik, which we, um, a lot of times we say in our prayers on Shabbat when we're blessing the wine and the bread, Melik, that, that is King, Chai, you know, we say when we're doing the blessing of the wine, Lechayim, to life, and then Vechayim. So we, this is how we read it, Melik, Chai, Vechayim. And that means King, living and eternal. I give thanks before you, King, living and eternal. Now the second part of the prayer and the final section of it is Shehekezarata Benishmati. Remember that said about when it has that sounding like E, Benishmati? Shehekezarta Benishmati. So that is for you have returned within me, my soul. Remember I told you that E is going to have to do with me or my or I. So you see that in these last two words on that section. Mm -hmm. And then the final part of that is the Kimla Rabbah Immunateka. The Kimla Rabbah Immunateka. Rabbah is like much or abundance. And that Immunateka, some of you may remember when we talk about uh, there's Emet, truth, then there's Immunah, faith. Immunity, faith. Amen. It's faith, yes. I can get, get it to go to the next one. So with compassion, abundant is your faithfulness. So altogether, it's telling God of his faithfulness for waking him up this morning. Because it's believed that when we go to sleep, our soul departs from us. Mm. And it wanders. That's why we have dreams and stuff like that as, as, as they teach. And then if you wake up, your soul has returned back into your body. Wow. So the whole but prayer is- I all the time. I have a lot of- Yeah. yeah. So I give thanks before you, King, living and eternal, for you have returned within me, my soul, with compassion, 
abundant is your faithfulness. I know that's probably a lot to take in, but you, and, and it's actually, um, and a lot of the sedurs they contain this, but this is, this is one of the prayers that's normally or traditionally said before your feet even touch the floor in the morning, is the modea need, the upon rising um, prayer. Okay. And now I'm gonna hand this back over to our host, Easter. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Brother Mike. He, he, he's been faithful. He's come here. He's taught us our Hebrew words. Uh, you can go back on YouTube and go through all 44 of our episodes. It started with me teaching, and then um, God sent him. Thank you, Lord, who's way more advanced than me. And so you want to go through and start learning those prayers. Just start learning them. Um, we thank Rabbi Afshalon and his wife. They've been here every week. We thank you so much. Um, we lift you up. We, from the top of your head to the bottom of your, your feet, healing and fresh fuel that you deliver the word to the people. We love you. We thank you, Andenai, for sending the rabbi. We thank you, Yahweh and Yahshua, for using him. We thank you for him delivering the word. You're on time, God. You're omnipresent, God. You're everywhere all the time. And we thank you so much for the faithfulness that's gone on here on the Hebrew congregation of Houston. God, we thank you that you're going to lead us and guide us wherever you want us to go and whatever you want us to do and that your people will be fed. You can't eat just off of food, but you have to have the word of God. And that's what's being delivered here. And we thank you. In Yahshua name, amen. Rabbi Afshalom, we give it to you. We love you. Thank you. Uh, we can't hear you, Rabbi Afshalom. Here we go again. Yeah. Here we okay. go, Rabbi. Turn on your mic. <laughs> there you go. I gave the whole yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get carried away sometimes. I get thinking about things. I, I leave my body, right? I go into the spiritual realm. Oh, I know. I, you have to bring me back. <laughs> well, it's been a, it's been a it's been an, a, a a week of increase, and and uh, you know we receive all good things from our Father, Creator of all things. All so you know, so far we've heard some very powerful teachings and 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 expressions of care, and uh, today we're going to continue with that. Now, the the parashah this week in the book of Leviticus, starting at chapter 21 through 24. You know, this is, um, the first part of it is for the priest and the Levite, the Kohen, Kohen and the Levite, and, and how they're to carry themselves and, and how they are to uh, choose their wives. So that doesn't really pertain to us today very much because we are not Kohen and we're not Levitical priests that we know of, right? For one thing, you need to know if you're a Kohen or, or, or of the Levitical priesthood. It's very challenging. It's very hard to do right now because we've been blended so much. And so that's why it's left up to the Messiah to tell us who the priests, who the Levites are. Because today people speculate and say, well, because my name is Levi, that means I'm a Levite. That's not true. That's not necessarily true. Again, because during the Roman occupation, 
and the Roman dispersion, which was carried out because of the will of God. We lost our identity, our heritage, and that didn't just pertain to the 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 uh, eleven tribes. It, it pertained to all twelve tribes, and that includes the Levites. Okay, the tribe the tribe of Levi, which includes the Arianic priesthood. So we were scattered, and we have proof of that through Beta Israel, Beta Limba Israel, who, again, you know, um, have carried on the the area, the, the priesthood in Mozambique and in different parts of the continent of Africa. And so science has shown us and proven that they are, would be indeed Cohen. And they have an interesting story to tell about how they wound up where they are. And they have the documentation to prove it. So that causes a challenge for those who are in Eastern Germany, Western Germany, and Russia who claim to be Levite. Because if you study the book of, of, of Leviticus, in that chapter 21, when it starts talking about it, it tells you they're not supposed to mix with people that are not Israel. So if Israel starts off looking like you and me, if you are a, a of the priesthood, then you would still look like you and me if you did not blend with other people. So once the priesthood begins to blend, then they lose. You see, they lose because they've broken the commandment. You see, so that's why I call it, that's why I say the dilemma is, is because there's mixed, there's so much mixture that it's been, the priesthood has been polluted as far as we know, except for, except for, and we can't even document, we can't be sure of that, the limba, and those that are in the Ethiopia and Madagascar. There is a Levitical priesthood in Le uh, Madagascar that's been there for 3,000 years. And their color is red. Their color is that they wear is red. And they, are they say that they're descendants from the Levites or the priesthood. So we have to be very careful about that. And that's why I say that this those chapters pertain to another time. But when you get down to chapter 24, or chapter 23, I should say, chapter 23, let me go ahead and share that with you and put my glasses on so I can see. And if you have any questions or if you want to uh, say anything, you 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 know, it's, it's open for that. So I'm going to share my screen if I can. And I'm going to go to, where would I go? Okay. Oh, you have to give me a, on the, on the other screen, not on, give me on the one that I, the screen that I turned on. Uh, oh, so that okay. I can share my screen. Okay, yeah, I want to okay. share. I want to share the other one. The big right. screen is what I want to share. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it's going to be in Leviticus. Um, are you able to share it? Yeah. Hold on. I had to reclaim it. And then. Oh, okay. I can't and, and if you have it, Bobby, you can go to chapter 23. Okay, um, I think I, I made the right one, uh, or did I do you again? I think I made the right one. Yeah. You got to do the one with the just the picture. Get the one with my picture on it. That's the one I want. That's the big screen. I don't have to reclaim it again. Okay. Well, on the side, it doesn't show. 
Okay, here we go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, we're good now. Okay, let me find <laughs> something that can pull up here. All right. So now we're looking at, you should be looking at my eSword, right? And in there, I'm, uh, oh, I'm in the wrong one. I'm in Ezekiel. We'll go to Ezekiel later. I want to go back to Leviticus right now. Because Ezekiel is, is uh, we really need to, to um, I got to go. Where's Leviticus? Right there. There you go. Look at where Leviticus is. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> Some of your Bible scholars have to tell me where it is. Okay, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. He, he just came, yeah. everyone. You know, Leviticus 23, chapter 21. I mean, chapter 23, verse 1. starts talking about the feast of the Lord. Remember, I said now before that, it talks about the priesthood, right? And the things that they should do and, and shouldn't do. And, and uh, talking about, uh, again, mixing with other people and how they're supposed to marry virgins and, and things of that nature from the tribes of Israel. So they can, they can marry, you know, as long as they're in the, in the tribes of Israel. But in this chapter 23, this is important for us today. And we talk about this all the time. It's spoken about over and over it's repeated over and if you hear it more than one time if you're in class that means it's going to be on the test right so when 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 Ach mike is teaching hebrew he said this is going to be on the test right mm -hmm. so this is on the test for the children of israel now all, if if you know this is important again all the talking we talk about doing uh, uh, uh believing god and returning the, if you're not going to return and obey the covenant, then you may as well stay where you are. Because when you get the truth and you and you know what the truth is and you're taught, you see, then you're held responsible. So everything that you're hearing here that is documented in the Torah or in the prophets or in the writings, which is why I read it from the writings, from the Torah, from the prophets, so that you can see it's not Rabbi Haywood speaking, but it is in fact the word of God, you see. So when we give you the word of God, hot off the press, it is your responsibility to do it. And it makes no difference whether you receive your reparations or not. If you're going to remain where you are, you may well not have the reparations because things are not going to change. Uh -huh. We have tried everything in this country. You think it's starting now. We have been doing this since before the Emancipation Proclamation. Our forefathers, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents were fighting for our rights. You see, trying to get the Constitution changed so that we could, we could actually enjoy the freedoms that are afforded to other peoples in this country. It is never, it's not going to happen as long as we stay here. That's the whole thing. But we're gonna be stuck here, you know, and and until we change our minds. And, and the way that we get our minds changed is when we start looking at the scripture, find out who we are and whose we are and how we are to conduct ourselves as children of the most high. Uh -huh. So let's take a look at this in the book of Le Leviticus, 
and you notice I got it all in English, so you can understand it, right? It makes no difference. You know, if I, I can say it and read it in Hebrew and, and chant it in Hebrew, but if you don't understand it, it means nothing. So we're going to do it in English. We're in the, in the United States of America, and we're going to do it in English. All right, so it says Leviticus, and the Lord, it's a continuation from the previous chapter, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, uh, speak to the children of Israel. So he's not talking to the nations. Important, he is not talking to those that are outside the nation. And Israel, or Yisrael, are the people that are going to God. Again, he is talking to the people that are going to God. Okay? I'm not talking about just black folk. I'm talking about everybody from every nation and kingdom and tongue who have accepted the yoke of Torah. He's talking to you. But especially in this in this Torah portion, in this scroll, he's talking to the 12 tribes. All right? Today is talking to everybody that has accepted the yoke of Torah. But at that time, he's talking to the children of Israel of the 12 tribes. He's not talking about the, he's not talking to the mixed multitude. There are times when he's talking to the mixed multitude or all the nations. But at this particular time, we must say he's talking to the children of Israel. So he says, speak to the children of Israel. He says, and earlier when I told, when I said, get off your ass, people gonna say I swore. Ass is a small horse, just to let you know. So that's what that is, is a small horse, just to clarify that. So I technically didn't curse, but go ahead. You don't have to worry about that. You know, <laughs> in the Bible, there's strong language. Yeah. <laughs> All the way through, you'll find strong language if you really understand what's going on, right? I just wanted to clarify that. Go ahead. <laughs> Torah is not, the Torah is not for wimps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to be strong. All right. So he says to the children of Israel, now, again, if you proclaim that you are of the 12 tribes, he's talking specifically and purposefully to you. And you have a responsibility if you claim that. So we black folks who say we are the 12 tribes, this is you. All right. You have no excuse. He says, say to them, children of Israel, concerning the feast of the Lord, not the Jewish feast, concerning the feast of the Lord. Understand that these are feasts of the Lord. These are feasts of Avino Shabbat Shamayim, our Father who is in heaven. He says, which ye shall proclaim to the holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Whose feasts? Our Father's feasts. Stop calling them Jewish holidays. Stop calling them Jewish feasts. We have been conditioned to think of it as Jewish. It is not Jewish. Uh -huh. Okay, that is a condition, a conditioning that has been put on us. Okay, we'll get into that another time, but it is, it is a conditioning that we must understand and we must break it. Okay, he said the Sabbath first one is that he talks about the feast of the Lord first, right? And then he puts the Sabbath as first. Why would he put Sabbath first? First of all, when you look at the declaration, the or the uh, the, the the ten words. Or the Ten Commandments that will say you'll find that Sabbath, like, remember the Sabbath, or keep the Sabbath holy. And the Sabbath, by the way, is above all the other feasts of the Lord. Okay? The Sabbath is above all the other feasts. And it says that before the world was created, the Sabbath was there. All right? Even before the world was created, the Sabbath was there. 
So we see first on the list is a Shabbat. We are in Shabbat right now today, right? We entered in Shabbat yesterday evening. We'll be in Shabbat until today in the evening. So we say peaceful Shabbat or Shabbat Shalom, okay? It says, so six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, holy convocation. You should do no work. You know what, uh, uh, Mr. Picard family, I have to be very careful because this could take me a long time and I need to speed it up. So I'm going to speed it up a little bit, all right? You, you have your Bibles that you can read this. But again, he's the six days of work, six days of labor. Now, I read somewhere where this one Christian minister said that Monday was the first day of the week, so Sunday is the Sabbath day. Hear what I just said? I read. And I can't remember his name. And I'm glad I'm that I don't remember his name. <laughs> he said, in the during the creation, the first day of the week was Monday. So the seventh day was Sunday. All right. But when you read it, which is not you true. Follow, right? Okay, so you have to be aware of that. All right. So so six days. Sunday is actually Yom Rishon, the first day. Okay. And, and, and you then, know, every Gregorian calendar supports that. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday. Every one of them, right? Every, right. Every, every one of them. That's correct. <laughs> every one of them. Mm -hmm. Right. But you'll always find somebody that wants to change what the word says or what is actually, you know, what's going on. And, and again, so we understand what it is. So for us that are children of Israel, we have a responsibility to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day not the first day. That's our requirement. Now, if you want to do the first day, that's your affair, right? I can't condemn you in that because I have no heaven nor hell to put you in, right? On your calendar, everyone's calendar, Saturday is the last day of the week. Yeah. Now, I'll say this also, there's nothing wrong with having Bible studies and, and worship services on the first day of the week, but you have to understand that the seventh day is a day when the children of God come before the Father. We present ourselves before the Father on the Sabbath day. That is the day that we present. If you miss that day, then you've missed your presentation to the Father. You missed the supper, right? That's those seven virgins you talk about, right? They missed it. Well, you'll be one of those that miss it. So you better keep that Sabbath day, right? Regardless, right? So again, it says six days you shall do, shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath rest and holy congregation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwelling, in all of your dwelling. So it don't matter where you are in the, in the diaspora. We're still keeping the Sabbath. We're still keeping the Sabbath. Now, as far as doing what kind of work that can be done, again, that's when we get into a lot of debate. But I would say this, if you're not sure, Air on the side, you know, of, of security or safety. If you want to be more stringent in it because you feel safe, there be more stringent. That's why I say air uh, in that way. Or if you really don't know, be stringent until you find out what you can and cannot do truly. And that's in the scripture too. You'll find it in the scripture what to do and what not to do. Okay. Um, 
Then the next one is the Passover, which we have just gone into. Now, there can be a lot of debate on when the Passover starts. And this year, again, it's been on the calendar. We've already had the Passover, right? We did that already. And we're now counting the Omer. Today is the what day of the counting of the Omer? See, this is a part of this Passover thing. We, after the Passover, you go into the you know, counting of the weeks, right? Which is important of knowing when the seventh day is and when the first day is because we're counting those weeks. Okay, we're counting. Um, and the, the thing about the counting of the weeks, it may not fall on the first day of the week or the, or the, the seventh day, but it falls depending on how the Passover starts. Now, this year we started at a certain time, but in Israel, amongst the Israelite community down in Demona, or I shouldn't say Demona, I should say down in uh, Erod, they started at a different time. Mm. Yeah, they started after we did. Um, and they were based it on because of the condition or the weather that was going on and when the moon hit. Um, and so that can be some, again, dispute on it. But the important thing is that we have calculated a time to keep the feast of Passover. And from there, we begin to do the counting toward Shavuot, which is coming next. So I'm not going to get into all the details of, of that, but I'm, I'm pulling out the feast is what I'm doing today because of time. I'm just pulling the feast out so you know what they are, what you're responsible for keeping. All right. Now, there are some that are saying that we can't keep the feast outside the land because the feast ought to be kept in the land because, in fact, Passover is a pilgrimage feast. In other words, wherever you are in the world, we're supposed to make our way to Israel, to the city of, of David, right, to Jerusalem, to keep the feast. But there's no temple. So, actually, today we can't keep the feast because there's no temple. And we're scattered, so we are not doing the pilgrimage. And if we did the pilgrimage, there's still no temple. But we still acknowledge the fact that there, this is the season for Passover. And now I'm looking at, I'm going down to the, 20, to the 23rd chapter, the ninth verse, where it says, Feast of First Fruits, right? And it talks about the children of Israel uh, say to them, when they come into the land, again, this is telling you when they come into the land, when we're in the land. That's why I say when you get your reparations, make your way back. If you get to the continent of Africa, you can still, it's easier for you to make your pilgrimage to Israel while we're waiting on Messiah to come. Mm -hmm. Because you're already, you're close. So you can get there. But I'll tell you a little secret about that. Because the continent of Africa is being controlled, has been controlled by the European nation for so long, the flights from the continent of Africa to Israel are very expensive for some reason. I wonder why that is, but that's changing. Again, that's changing. Even our flights from the US to Africa are more expensive than going, if you were going to go to Europe. And why is that? You see, They don't want you to come here and they limit your funds so you don't have the funds to get there. So again, it makes it, they make it difficult for us to, to do the pilgrimage to Israel, right? You know, so we're the children of Israel, and, and you had to, you need to know what the feasts are, at least know what they are, why we do them, where they're done, 
properly. So we had the first feast of first fruits. Again, I'm not going to get in depth into it. And you give off various offerings during that time. Again, that's during the temple period. I'm going to do this quickly because we're going to move on. Feast of weeks, which is what we're doing now. Today, we've got, we just had what they call Lag Beomar, which is 33rd uh, day. And there's some things that go, we don't, as Bet Israel, we don't, we don't count Lag Beomar, uh, Beomar, Lag Beomar. We don't, we don't do that. But the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim, they do. Um, and and they, it's a Kabbalistic thing. Actually, it's a Kabbalistic. Uh, there was a rabbi that lost 24,000 of his students uh, during a plague, and it stopped, supposedly at that time. Uh, and there are other things that go on. But again, as better Israel, we don't do like we, it's It's on the calendar, but it's, it's not one of ours. So we're counting the Feast of Weeks. We're counting the Feast of Weeks, which takes us up to after the Feast of Weeks, takes us up to what we call uh, Shavuot. It's not showing that. You know what? It's not even showing that. It talks about the 50 days, but they're not, this is, an, and this is the King James Version, so it's not showing that it's Shavuot. Now, the uh, Feast of Pentecost, you can count those 49 weeks so you can get to Pentecost. Pentecost, we're supposed to be in, in, in Jerusalem, all right? That's one of the things you have to be careful of when you're looking at the, you know, the King James. You see, it talks about the harvest, but then it goes right into the Feast of Trumpets, you know, and that's in the seventh month. But I can say this about the Shavuot and the Feast of Weeks, it connects Passover to the fifth, to Pentecost. And so, again, pilgrimage feast we should be there for Shavuot um, receiving of the law that's Shavuot that's at the end of the feast of weeks and then we go and do to the September time frame September October time frame which is the seventh month of our month which is the feast of trumpets okay and we sound the trumpet and we it's our new year okay our civil new year and this is our high season because we get into Holy Convocation where we have what we call Day of Atonement. All this starts happening in that time frame. It's Again, it's a pilgrimage time, getting put ready for Sukkot or Feast of Tabernacles. So you're supposed to be there for the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. Uh-oh, something's going on here. Hold on. Just give me just a moment. Give me just a moment. I think my um, something is trying to keep us from getting this through. All right. Everything looks something good is trying on to mess end. us up. Yeah, it was trying to get you off from, from getting these this information. Um, but we're getting it out to you anyway. So right. Feast of Tabernacles is going to be done in the temple period which is where I'm going to leave from right now. I'm going to go from Feast of Trumpets, okay? Again, to the Day of Atonement. That's our high day. We we fast on the day. Now, we're going to be teaching on this. That's our, that's our, our, so, our Yom Kippur day. That's on September 15th and 16th this year. Yeah. So we're going to teach on that before that so you can be prepared for it, right? Because there's 
again, that's our fast. That is our fast day. For those who are messianic, well, I couldn't say, I shouldn't, shouldn't say messianic. I should say that believe Yeshua is Mashiach because messianic, most, most Jews, right, are messianic. They just don't believe that Yeshua is Mashiach. So those who believe that Yeshua is Mashiach and that he, he rose and rose and sits at the right hand of the Father, he is making atonement for you on that day. All right? So if you don't fast on that day, your atonement is not happening. And the reason that is because all through the year, you're, you're sinning. We are sinning. We commit sins that we don't know about. On that day, he has set aside for, let me read that for you. I'm going to read that one. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also on the 10th day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of, of atonement. It shall be a holy congregation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. That's if you believe that Yeshua is Mashiach. This is what is going on in the heavenly realm on your behalf. But you must participate in the earth realm by fasting that day. Okay, he says, for whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. Uh, you know, you're going to miss the blessing. Okay. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same shall, shall I will destroy from among his people. That's correct. That's death. All right. You're going to get something bad happening, right? Just like in the Garden of Eden. You may not die today, but guess what? Death is coming. He shall do no manner of work. <clears throat> it shall be a statute. This is the important, this is what I wanted to get to. This, I wanted to get to you. It says, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwelling. So no matter where you are in the world, whether you've been in diaspora or whether you be in Jerusalem or in Israel, wherever you are, this day, you must fast. On and this, this, is day, in the, this is in the Bible. So this is for everyone, whether you Christian, whatever you are, this is biblical. So this is for everyone. That's why we're saying it's not a Jewish holiday. It's for everyone. Everyone. If you haven't been doing that Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it's for everyone. Everyone. So right now, if you've heard this, you can begin to do this. I would say, write down the book of Leviticus chapter 23 and study it. This is important. Why is that? Because if we're living in the generation when Messiah comes, if we're living in that, if we believe that we're in the generation, every generation believes that, right? But what if it's so for us? Because we've seen so many things happen in our day and our time that pertain to the children of Israel in the land of Egypt, 400 years. That it was 430 years. So we're at 400, maybe two years, you see. So that means if there are children born this year, they may be in that generation that the Messiah comes. And 30 years from now, well, I'll be, uh, what, 90, 98 years old. I'll be 98 years old 30 years from now. I can still be here, right? If, I went with, if I'm shooting for 120, that means I will see. Okay, okay Jerry, go ahead. Uh -huh. <laughs> I will see Elijah the prophet. Right, you will see Elijah the prophet if we're blessed, right? The Lord will, if we're in that generation, right? If we if we stay with that time frame, if we believe in that, not you know, 
we don't know. He may come today. He may come tomorrow. But I'm talking about Elijah. I'm not talking about Yeshua. Elijah may come today. He may come tomorrow. Because Elijah must come first before Yeshua comes, before Messiah comes. Let me put it that way. Before Messiah comes, Elijah must come first. So he may come at any time. All right. But one thing's for sure, we're in 400 time if history is repeating itself, if prophecy is repeating itself. So let's go over here to the Haftorah portion. Um, Ezekiel, this is the prophet. Remember, we study the law of the prophets and the writings. Okay. So today, a, a part of our parashah or the Haftorah portion is dealing with the prophets. And this prophet is the prophet Elijah. Now, uh, Ezekiel. It's Ezekiel. And, and this is our episode 44. And we're yes. in Ezekiel 44. Yes. Now, the, the, actually, the, the Haftorah portion starts at chapter, at verse 15. I believe chapter, uh, verse 15 of chapter 44. But what do we know about the prophecy of Ezekiel? What does he talk about? He talks about what the third temple. Would I be correct in saying that? He talks about the building, the construction of the third temple, which many people believe that the Antichrist is going to enter into and desecrate. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with that. But the important thing is that the temple is built and the priest goes into there or Messiah enters in there. So chapter 44, verse 1. It starts off with a, be, a rebuke, actually. Okay. Well, no, not really. Not really. Let me just go ahead and start reading it. I, I'm thinking of it more of a rebuke, but it's not really. It, it's, it's a good thing. It says, then he brought me back and I talk about with, this is the prophet is having a vision. And the angel, the messenger is talking to him and taking him through what's going to happen. When Messiah is here, we call him the priest, okay? We call him the priest, the prince. Call him the prince, okay? Uh, it says, then he brought me back by the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looked toward the east. So we pray, when we pray, which way do we look? We look we towards pray. the east, towards Israel. Toward Israel. And that is why we, and, and the reason we do that is because um, Melech, Slomo pray the prayer. He said, when the people of Israel, should they sin or, be, or are scattered amongst the nation, if they pray toward this house, hear their prayer and forgive their sins. And the father said, I've heard your prayer and I will do that. You see, so we're scattered and we turn toward Israel and we make our confessions. That's why we even, do it. Even with me selling houses, uh, some of the customs, the door has to be uh, facing a certain way for them to even live there. Yeah. I, 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 that just brought back, like, especially with the Muslim culture, um, yeah. the door has to be facing a certain way in order for them to buy that house. Yeah, that's right. Because they give honor to Mecca, right? And, and we, the children of Israel, give honor to Zion or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Israel, the land of Israel. If we were in Israel, we'd, we'd face the temple, uh, the Holy of Holies. But since we're outside, we just face Israel. Okay. So then the Lord uh, said unto me, uh, uh, then said the Lord unto me, this gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened. No man shall enter in it and by it because the Lord, 
the God of Israel has entered in by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. All right. So nobody goes in there. Right. There's only one person that can go in there that's permitted in that gate. And this is in the new temple or the third temple. It is for the prince. Right. Hanisi is for the prince. The prince, he shall sit in it. He shall eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate and shall go out by the way of that same gate. Now, this prince is the one that's going to offer, okay, Mashiach is going to offer sacrifices on our behalf in the temple. He is the one that enters in, he says. And, and uh, then he brought me to the, to the north gate, okay, and looked to behold the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell on my face. So again, we're saying the Lord has not changed. He says now the prince is on the earth or Messiah, Messiah is on the earth, but we still see the same thing that happened when Moshe Rabbeinu and when, when Aaron was there, the glory of the father shown about in the temple when the prince is there or when he's there, when he's there, when the Lord makes his manifestation, he does it the same way he did. He doesn't change. He says, I am the Lord. I do not change. So we can expect that he does not change. Right? So, uh, he said, and the Lord said unto, to me, son of man, mark well, behold, with thine eyes and hear with thine ears, all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord, and all the laws thereof, and mark well the entering into the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. So if you don't understand that we are still bound by laws and ordinances that are given to us through our father, how can you obey Mashiach. The Father has always given us ordinances and he has not changed. Remember in the garden, Adam was given commands of what to do and what not to do. He has not changed. He is consistent. Our Father is consistent. That is the one thing that we can, we can count on mm -hmm. is that our Father will not change. Therefore, it says the children of Israel are not consumed. Because if he changed, we wouldn't be here. See? If he, had, if he changes, we don't find out. We don't remember who we are while we're in the land of our captors. But because he has not changed, he actually has not ever left us. He has never left us, nor have he, has he forsaken us. Amen. But he has allowed us to go through the things that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis, okay, as a nation of people. This is important for us to understand, okay? Now watch this, now, now, now this is us, okay? Now I'm gonna get to us, a stiff neck part of this prophecy. It says, and thou shalt say to the rebellious, that's you and me, even the house of Israel, you and me, you know, you know, think about this. In Isaiah chapter 44, he said, there are some that are going to call themselves by the name of Israel. Some are going to call themselves Jews. He says that. And what do we call ourselves now? Some people call themselves Jews and some people call themselves Israel. You don't believe me? Go, go check that out later on. Write that down. Isaiah chapter 44. And you start reading and you'll find it. What it says that. And so we're fulfilling prophecy whether you know it or not. You're going to fulfill God's word whether you understand it or not. It's going to be fulfilled. So, yeah, I like to be called Israel. And there are those that like to be called Jews. But, and we're the same people 
all are the same. Yeah, there, there, there's a group who all who have renamed their last name Israel. All of them mm -hmm. last name is Israel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so it says some are calling themselves Jacob. Actually, that's what it says. Some are calling themselves Jacob, and some are calling themselves Israel. That's what it actually says, right? When you read that, it says Jacob and Israel. So, so you know, and 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 that's because you know of of our life circumstances, our life experiences, you know, and and how we be, and we our our sincerity or our desire to be the children or to operate as the children of Israel. Okay, so he said, "Thou shalt say to the rebellious, even the house of Israel, thus said the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations." You know, if we hadn't done anything wrong, we wouldn't be here. The reason why, you know, we have to deal with this issue of, of when Yeshua was on the cross, on the tree, catch that, on the tree, that we still wind up scattered. You see, it's because we, our hearts were not right. And the scripture had to be fulfilled because of our rebelliousness. We put those people, we allow we allow those people in Jerusalem, in Israel, in our temple. We did that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So verse 40, verse 7 says, and that ye have brought into my sanctuary, we did it. You have brought, and he's talking to Israel, right? Again, there are times when he talks to Israel, and there are times when he talks to the, the multitude or the mixed multitude, but at this time he's talking to us and not our ancestors. But he's talking to us today. Mm -hmm. Not back then. He's talking today to us. He said, in that you have brought into my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart, uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house. When you offer my bread, when you offer my bread, the fat and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. What is he saying? We, it was laid out for us. When you go back and you read, as as uh, as um, a quote Esther said earlier, when she went through so and was laying it out so eloquently about the foods that we eat and eating blood, and you will find that we do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they do it, but I'm saying we do that. Mm -hmm. We pollute our temples. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We do that. So He's talking to us today, you know. And I, and I have people say, I can't become an Israelite. I can't walk with the Israelites because I can't give up this pork. Or I can't give up this, that, and other. And that's talking. And so if, if you're saying that, verse 7 is talking to you. Mm -hmm. You see? It's, seven, it's talking to you. It's not talking to our forefathers. He's talking to us today. How we allow people to do things. You see? Drugs, alcohol, you know, overindulging in things. Uh, the things that we do, the lifestyles that we live outside of our covenant. That's what he's talking about. And he's talking to us, not to them, to us. He says, and ye have not kept the charge of my holy things. What is that? We're not keeping the feast. We're not keeping the Sabbath. We're not doing it. We're not eating following cashier law or, 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 or separating ourselves from the nation. We're not doing it, but we're actually joining in with the nations. 
tarot cards, you know, reading those tarot cards and, and following the stars and that kind of thing. We do all that kind of crazy stuff. Tattooing ourselves, our body. He said, don't be putting markings in your body. And we do it. We did it out of ignorance a lot of times, but now that you know the truth and you still do it, there's no, there's no, right. you know, there's no, uh, no, no, no. You did, you're doing that. You're responsible now. And I'm guilty. I have I have some tattoos, but I know better now. And once you know better, you'll do better. You do better. You don't have to do it. You'll tell other it's, people, it's don't time. do it. It's time. It's time yeah. now. Yeah. You see. So you show you have not child, kept let my yeah. child getting to this day. Griff doesn't have any, but I did it. Yeah. But but, but and then again, you didn't know. See, it's a difference. Right. right. Now you know. See, mm -hmm. and so there is, that's why we all, when you repent it and you go and forward. We're, and we're not here to execute or judge nobody. We're here just to that's give right. you the word. And this is the word. And now yeah. that you know better, you can turn away, face east and start praying and do better. It's a walk. Yeah. That's why the but, valley. And you know, that's Rabbi, Rabbi just told us, you know, he allows us to go through what we go through for, for a reason though. So all, though you may have tattoos and they're still there, you use those as teaching tools and a testimony because that's where you were at in your life at that time. That way people now that are just now having or getting them don't feel like, well, they're forever condemned right. because you made that, that switch. You made that change in life and they can Actually, they're, they're, they're crosses and stuff like that, yeah. biblical stuff. But anyway, yeah, it's yeah. just, it, it, it's teaching. It's, it's, you know, like I said, it, it, it is is right and it's tight. It is what it is. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's when you're in the land of your captors, you remember who you are. So when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they had markings because they were doing what the Egyptians did. But once they found the truth, they did what? Teshuvah. They changed. They repented. They changed. So that's what it's all about. It's not a condemnation. Well, well, well a lot of this was, was trained behavior because when we were in slavery, they put their markings on us to, to let people know that's my slave and I own them. Ooh. And when they would whip us, that's what we're getting. We, we whip our children because they, they whooped us. And so yeah. a lot of this, this is a trained behavior that we've learned from them. Right. You, you, that's a powerful thing. That was, they did brand us. They did they, do they brand branded us. us. They put letters and our last, their last names, which we have now, that's not even ours on them. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to, let me go, let me go here. In college, you know, when you're pledging, you're going over the sands and all that stuff. Uh, some of the guys would put their Omega signs on them, right? And I mean, with an eraser and burn that thing in, right? They're branding themselves into a Greek fraternity. We're not Greek. The Greeks are the ones that cause us to eat pork. Right. You know, the Greeks, those, those are, that's not who we are. We are not Greek. And so I get, I have a challenge with that. When, when, when blacks or fraternities and sororities go Greek, I said, that's not who we are. You've been conditioned by the world system to go into their thing. And, you know, again, it's not a condemnation. They're, they're but the it's one who a, changed Yeshua, Yeshua's name to Jesus. Yeah. yeah Greeks, I see and all that. Yeah. It's just an alignment. And, and again, the Greek facilities do good things, but it's the, you know, it's just, it's not who we are. And again, I almost did it. Then I said, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me do it. Even in my time in college, even I was rebellious against that kind of stuff. And I tried to get my friend, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I said, don't do it. But, but they did it, you know, they did it, but that's, that's them. 
Again, what we do as children, what we do before we know, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. But once you know the truth and you still do it, that's rebellion. That's open rebellion. So I would admonish you to stay. If you've done it, that's fine. That's fine. Because you've been atoned for. You, Messiah, if you believe me, Yeshua is Messiah, he took care of that for you. If you repent, if mm -hmm. you change, if you change direction, he did. But if you don't, guess what? All that stuff about all your sins, past, present, and, and future are forgiven. You're going to be, you're in for a, a, a surprise because open rebellion, there's a price to pay for that. You know, so it says all Israel will be saved, but that didn't say you weren't going to be punished, right? You weren't going to be beaten with stripes. So again, let me get back. Verse nine, it says, thus says the Lord God, no stranger, this is important, no stranger, uncircumcised in the heart or uncircumcised in the flesh shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. All right. Got to deal with that. Because we are, again, it's dealing with Israel, the children of Israel. We have a higher standard. Just like our, our Kohen has a higher standard and the Levi has a higher standard, we have a higher standard than the nations. This is all covenant stuff right here. By the way, this is covenant stuff. And, and the good thing about it, what the Lord has done for us today, and it, 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 he has made it so you don't have to feel the pain. And that's the good thing about it. But if your heart is not right, listen at this. Mm -hmm. If you get circumcised in the flesh and your heart is not right, you still rebellious, guess what? You get the same punishment. Mm -hmm. right? You're just a circumcised, uh, I don't know what to call it, what the word to call you. Rebellious person, I'll put it that way. And you may not be circumcised in the flesh. But your heart is circumcised, you know, you still have to deal with this, what it says in the scripture, nor in the flesh. So it, can, it, it ties them together. There's a, a, common, as a, as a joining, a making whole in that, in, that, in that scripture right there. So that you have to deal with yourself. I don't, I'm not going to deal with that. You have to deal with that. And the Levites that are gone away from far from me, when Israel went astray, which went astray, away from me after their idols, they shall even bear their... Now, watch, this. look at this. For the Levites, they broke away, right? Again, those that married women out and had children outside that, uh, that went and did the things of blending in with the nation, became like the nation. Guess what their punishment is? Look how, Now, watch what they want. If you're a Levite, look what it says. You shall be ministers in my sanctuary. Now, you just... He just said you're rebellious, right? You, you, you strayed away. But then he comes back and said, you shall be ministers in my sanctuary. That's your punishment. Look at that. He said, yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house and ministering to the house. They shall slay the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister unto them. So a rebellious Levite, you know, God does not change because they were chosen to minister to the people. They still going to do it, even though they build. Still going to do it. So what does that say about you? Huh? What does that say about you, us? Even though we did rebel, he still has mercy on us. He still saves us. God, God is so forgiving. And I used to ask him when he was calling me to ministry, like, what, what you want to use me for? You know, I, I, fornicated, adultery, 
tattoos, lied, whatever it is. I've done it, Lord. But he, he was so merciful. He said, I want you to use that in your boldness to build up and protect my word and build up my kingdom. That, mm-hmm. that, he, that he can, if he can use a sinner like me, he's able to use you too. He's able to use any of us. That's how merciful God is that we serve. Anybody on here who say they, they haven't got caught up, they haven't done these things, there's a liar and the truth ain't in you. Because God said even to think of it is sinful. Even to think it. And we, tr- we serve a merciful, loving, forgiving, healing God. He is very forgiving. You think of the people that come before us. Uh, Moses, Moshe, he was a murderer. David was a murderer. Many of uh, the, some of their wives, they were murderers of their husbands. They stole, they did the same things that we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's what we're asking to just, just do your best. And, and you have to start from somewhere and you have to start today. That's right. So, you know, start. The, the important thing is to start, right? He's a merciful, our father, that's why we call him father. He is merciful, right? And so, and we're just revealing today what's going to happen in the future, what is required in the future, right? And, and it's a beautiful thing because we know that the Messiah is coming, right? He is coming and, and the temple will be built, right? So, so we're, we're preparing for that time. And there has to be some changes made. We have to make some changes, all right? And, and don't be afraid to make those changes. And don't let anybody sh- uh, steer you away from what the word of God says, because you know, men will, 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 will lead you away and say, well, that's where it was then. But we understand that our father, Abino Shabbat Shalim, does not change and because he doesn't change we are still here and even in our punishment listen at this even in in our punishment you know let me put it this way i was not really deep in christianity but i was in christianity deep enough and there's nothing wrong with christianity the the dilemma the dilemma with christianity was i was not keeping the sabbath nor the feast which are required of the children of Israel, mm-hmm. those that are going to God. These are our requirements. And it wasn't until I really started to get back into the word and was convicted by a member, you know, a, a believer, that I began to say, you know, I have to make a decision. I have to choose. And, and we have to choose. Every one of us has to choose. And I'm not, again, and I say this over and over again, I'm not saying come out of believing in Messiah, Yeshua Messiah. I'm saying remain in Yeshua if that's where you are. But at least come back to the Torah of Yeshua. Because when he comes, he is the one that this Ezekiel is talking about. He's talking about Yeshua. He is the priest. He is the prince that is coming. He is the prince that's going to be in the temple if that's what you believe. And even if you don't believe, doesn't mean it's not true because he is coming. Messiah is coming and he will be in that temple and he's going to do everything, everything that is written. If you continue to read this, this, this prophecy, you read it through, you'll find 
there are things we have to change. We have to understand that it's not just saying a holy thing. You know, I, I, I deal with people on a continual basis and it just, it hurts me. When they say I'm going to rest on a certain and then continue to, to just act like it, it, it's not so, you know, and we understand well, and we know. It's a life, it's a life transition and, and I had to go through it. And, you know, I, I still, like I say, uh, do the, the church on, on Sunday, but I made a decision that I'm going to recognize the Sabbath day. So Jerry and I on Friday, we, we recognize the Sabbath day. We say our prayers, we have our candles, we have our wine, we have our, our, our communion together. Yeah. And so as Rabbi said, it's not cutting out, it's adding on. You're, you're adding on to your spiritual life. You're adding. Yeah. And, and, and with that, it'll start to, ch you'll find your thought processes are going to change. Mm -hmm. When you start doing that, your process, you may not, you may not even recognize it, until three years from now, you realize that, my goodness, have I changed. You don't realize, but the people around you will see the change. For you, it's so, so easy. It becomes so easy because you begin to, to do those things. And you understand you have to, there are things that you have to change. You know, things you, you begin to do. Again, when you start doing the Sabbath, again, like Friday night, you start preparing. Well, Friday at noon, some people start to prepare. Some people start preparing Thursday night. But you start, but the thing is, you start looking forward. What it is, is you're looking forward for the Shabbat, the day of rest. And, and then when spirit, you start to... It, yeah. You just become more peaceful. Your whole life and your spirit, everything, things that used to matter, it just doesn't matter any, anymore because you know you're one of his children and you know you just give it over to him. It, there's a yeah. peace beyond understanding. Yeah. So, you know. We, and there's times like when I, I, I had just got out of the hospital and you get the days mixed up, your spirit will quicken you that today is Friday. You, you have to have your communion. You have to recognize the Sabbath day. Even when you confuse, the, the spirit will awaken you. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a decision being made in the spiritual realm. Okay. Remember, uh, I almost called him Rabbi Mike. <laughs> Mike was, was talking about sleeping when you go to sleep. And it is believed, there's a teaching and a belief that we actually leave and go into the spiritual realm. And that's why we have the dreams and we're going through different things um, in the spiritual realm. Well, when you decide to return to the Torah and, and become Torah observant, let me put you it that way. Your screen, your screen back up, Rabbi, so we can see you. My screen went away. No, you can oh, put your. Okay, face let me let me stop. The, let me stop the share. Yeah, let me stop the share. Always like it when you get to the end and start seeing. Yeah, I I don't want to stay too much in the script. I want to you know kind of get some dialogue going. But in the spiritual realm, when you make a conscious decision to become Torah observant. Things begin to happen in the spiritual realm, which is what Achmach is talking about. And the decisions that you begin to make, the actions that you take on a day-to-day -day basis will begin to change. 
you will become aware, more aware of people um, that are like you. You will have a, you'll begin to have a desire to understand the feast and the Sabbath and the importance of putting a guard around the word of God. And you begin to understand that blasphemy is not so much what I say, but is the lifestyle that I live and lead. When I wrong a person in business or in relationship, I am in fact blaspheming or putting a blemish on the name of my father. When I don't keep the feast and I don't recognize the Sabbath, I am in fact denying the power of God. He said they have a form of, 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 of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So before you begin to operate or live as a Torah observant Israelite or a child of the, of the king or believer in Yeshua, if you don't keep the feast, you find that you're denying the power of it or the authority of it. That's what it actually means. You will deny the power of it. You have a form of godliness. In other words, you'll do good things. You'll say the, all the right things. But when it comes down to the action of how you live, you are denying the power of the kingdom. That's what it really means when it says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. That means you say the right things, but you're not doing Torah. Um, in the mercy of our Father, as long as your heart is in the right direction, he will continue to send you people, messengers, to steer you along the path. He will protect you along the way yeah he will always send you messengers to find you where you are the good news is that once you find and you listen to those people you're going to receive the same message that they receive that is reach out to your brother show him the way and as you show that other person your brother or your sister the way you gain more power in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier for you to make the right decision based upon Torah principles. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Okay? The more you do it, mm -hmm. the easier it becomes. When the decision time comes for you to do what is right, you will do it. And you'll be merciful toward those that you're dealing with. You see, that's why I say, you know, where you are, find the Torah and live in it. Don't run away from, you know, your church. Don't run. Learn Torah. Mm -hmm. When the time comes, when, when it says, you know, Yeshua says, you can't come to me unless the spirit tells you to come. You know, at the time when your spirit is built up, when you're ready, you'll, you'll come out. You'll, you'll come out from amongst them. You know, you'll come into Torah. You won't turn your back on those. 
why do you say that? You know, 19, I got a Bible, a Scofield Bible from 1981. So how many years ago is that? You know, you're talking 40 years ago. In Christian church, in ministry, 1981, January 1981, I started in ministry, not in pastorship, but in ministry, 40 years ago. In Christian church. Guess what I'm doing now? Ministering to people in the Christian church. Why is that? You don't turn your back on your own flesh. Mm-hmm. You see? So I want to build you up on a foundation of Yeshua based on the Torah. You see, when it talks about the eunuch who was going back to the Queen of Candace, he was going back from Jerusalem, meaning he was keeping the feast, the pilgrimage feast. And he was going back to Ethiopia, to Cush. Right? Which means that those were, and if you go there, they have the Coptic church in Ethiopia. The oldest, probably the oldest, one of the, many have said is the oldest on the earth today. So they've been around for a long time, thousands of years. But they went to Jerusalem, meaning they were Christians, but they were going to Jerusalem to keep the feast. You see, they believed on Yeshua. He said, he was talking, and they were discussing Yeshua. And he didn't understand the book of Isaiah. So he was studying Isaiah. So they were not saying you didn't need the, the Torah or the Tanakh. He, they understood that they needed the Tanakh in order to build upon the foundation, the proper foundation. That's what we're saying today. That's what we're saying today. Come back and get a strong foundation so that you can walk as you should walk. He said, I came to make many sons and daughters of God, of the Father. That's what he came to do, make many little Mashiachs, little anointed ones. You know, in order to do that, again, you know, you flow in the spirit, speaking in tongues, and all these things, that's a spiritual concept, that's a spiritual principle, you know. And if that spirit of speaking in tongues is not leading you back to Torah, you need to challenge that. Because God is one. He's one. Okay? So if, if you're speaking in tongues, if somebody taught you to speak in tongues, you know, and that tongues is not leading you back to the Torah, challenge that tongue. Because God is one. Amen. I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues with evidence of speaking in tongues. When I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, in the Holiness Church, doing, you know, I didn't you know, I began to get closer to the word, the truth, and nobody could take me away from that. Here I am today. You see, Amen. here I am today, still reaching back to the Christian church, telling, Come on back to the Torah, come back to the Torah, come back to the Torah of Yeshua, keep the Shabbat, keep the feast, get off the pork. Get off the catfish. Get off the shellfish. Find out what it means to be a kasherit, eat kosher, because that's all in holiness. All of that is in holiness. Holiness. All of that helps you to walk in holiness. Your temple, cleansing your temple. 
when 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 the when the when the priest is going in, when the prince is going in, and you and he's talking about cleansing the temple, he's talking about you in the spiritual realm. He's talking about it's you. See, that building of stone, that's a place where we come together. But the temple is you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And you are, you are bought with a price. I'm, I'm now talking out of the Beat Hot Shaw now, right? I'm talking your talk now, right? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and you have been bought with a price. You are not your own. You no longer belong to your, yourself. You belong to our Father. He sent his son for you to return you to the toy. He came, he said, I come for the house, the children of Israel, the lost children of Israel, to bring the, he was bringing you back to Torah is what he was doing because we allow the nation to sit in the temple and to pollute the temple and tell us what we should not do, which was against the Torah. So Yeshua came and he gave up his life. They didn't take it. He gave his life, not for himself, but for others, just as it says in the book of Daniel. He gave his life not for himself, but for others. Amen. And now he presents before us every year as a nation, every year, the Day of Atonement. And if you don't know that, if you're not fasting for that, this year, I would say do it. Because these children that are being born today, we have passed the 400 year threshold. And yeah. it says that the children of Israel came out of Mitzvah 430 years. We have 402 years. Children are being born now. Now my generation, you know, we didn't go in during that time. It was the children that were born during the, during the travels. So you think of 30 years, you know, Children that are born now will see Messiah if the scripture is true. Now, you know, again, I'm just uh, going by what the scripture says, and I can't put a date on it because I don't know. And, 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 it, and it could be sooner than that. We just don't know. Matthew don't know. 6 says, we don't know the time, the day, or the hour. And that and that's straight out of Yeshua says that in the book of Acts. Said nobody knows the day nor the hour. That's right. But Not we know nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God. We know that. Nothing. Only the Father knows his times. Again, times and seasons. Meaning it's going to happen more than one time. You see, And so we see that happening now. People are going into Israel. Different times. Different seasons. You see, So nobody knows. Only the Father. Not even Yeshua knows. Only the Father knows. Yep. Only the Father knows. And he said it. Amen. So we thank you so much, Rabbi Absalom, for that word. We've given you the word. Uh, he, he's preached it to you. Uh, you have it. It's in the Bible. It's nothing that, that that's made up. It's for everyone. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everyone. It's the word of God. And I used to say, oh, when I get 40, 28 years is not far from here. I hit 40 so quick. I'm, I'm, I'm headed for 50 this year. And so uh, time is winding down. And that's why he's, he's coming here. He, he's telling you, he's, he's been a Christian preacher. He's a rabbi now. So he knows both sides. Build your house upon the rock, the word of God. We thank you so much, Rabbi Absalom. 
Brother Mike and everyone who's on the line right now for coming on. Uh, join us every Saturday. We're on at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Um, and we're going to ask Rabbi Afshalom if you can uh, lead us out in prayer. Okay. I'm going to give you the rabbinic uh, benediction, if you would. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and smile upon you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he grant you his peace. And you should put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Shalom, shalom, shalom aleichem. Amen. We love Amen. you. Amen. 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 Amen.